This is episode 135. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at. With your host, Shane Chapman and Way Laurent. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Come on. I don't know. Wow. Um, this episode today brought to you by Sprite Lemonade. Have you tried this stuff before, Brace? Not yet. Not until I just cracked wow. it open. What a great flavor. Uh, it's not actually sponsored by them. I don't anybody there is even familiar with what this podcast is about. Is it lemonade or limonade? Uh, well, where are you from? Is French limonade? Yes. Limon. That answers your question. So the pop selection... Bryce, you were talking about this morning about it being so much better in the states, it's and I so came back with like, better. "There's a lot up here, man, and you're just, you're not getting out of your comfort zone. You go try some things." Do you know how many flavors of Mountain Dew they have down there? I don't. What do they got? Uh, code Red, Code Blue, Code Red, Code Blue, Baja Blast, Baja Blast Red, Woo-hoo. Baja Blast Yellow, and that's just not available here. Uh, I think Baja Blast is. It's a Taco Bell flavor. There's just not enough of the blast. A talk. Ta- what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> What is a Taco it's Bell great, flavor? Though. Oh, like there's only also like available a, at Taco Bell or tastes like Taco Bell. I think Taco Bell made the flavor. I don't think it tastes like a taco, <gasps> a burrito. Can you imagine? Oh, I was gonna get that sound effect. I like a put beefy that meat here, filler yeah. tasting pop. <laughs> tastes like, like guacamole and tomatoes, <laughs> like onion powder. <laughs> don't they have like a hot sauce too? Uh, like Diablo, who? El Diablo sauce. Taco, Taco Bell? Bell? I don't, I'm not a huge fan. Like, I don't, When was the last time you went to Taco Bell? I'm sure I'm about... We don't even have I, one. I'm sure I'm about to torch our future sponsorship with Taco Bell, but I, I'm not a fan. Really? What about Arby's? Really not a fan. Really not a fan? Taco Time? Big time Taco Time. Big you're, time fan. You're a fan of Taco Time, but Taco you don't like so Taco Bell? Taco Time's so good. It's, I'm just saying that Taco Time is significantly better than Taco Bell. Based on what? My taste. <laughs> they don't have no Crunch Wrap Supreme. No, but have you actually had one of those? No, I haven't. They're junk. Never. I've never had one. <laughs> you want some tortilla on more tortilla and like cheese sauce and barely any meat. And what meat is there is questionable at best. So that that's your idea of a good taco sandwich? <sighs> you called it a sandwich. <laughs> well, the, the Crunch okay. Supreme. Wait, wait. Well, hold on. I think which one is the Crunch on the Supreme? <laughs> Which one is the Crunch Supreme? Maybe I've got my sandwich. That's the one up. with. That's the one with the. It's like taco. pinwheeled. Yeah, it's the one with the taco yeah, in so it, good. with the cheese on the outside, and then wrapped, and then grilled, and then they pinwheel, like they fold yeah, it all yeah, up and yeah. they flatten it out. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> okay. So okay, so if you don't like that, are you a double down fan then? Like the old KFC double down? Yeah, old K. It's yeah. Is it? Is it still exist? I think it still exists. No. Are you a double down fan? I've had a double down. Mm, there, like it? I did. Because it's meat and chicken and bacon? Yeah, it's too, it's too, how do you go wrong with that one? I don't know. Two delicious KFC coated crispy chicken breasts with a slice of bacon and some cheese in the middle. God, Bryce, if you were to make the perfect sandwich. I will show you what the perfect sandwich looks like. That would be it. Uh, But anyway, there's no more Taco Bells in, welcome to Taco Time with your two hosts, with your host, two Canadians. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't really know if. Like, I don't think Taco Time's even in the same galaxy as being, you know, as Taco Bell as far as, like, size of company. Are they? Like, I feel like Taco Bell's a much smaller operation. Taco Ta- Bell? Sorry, sorry, Taco Time okay, is a much smaller Okay, I was going to be operation. like, you're way wrong. Yeah, no, yeah Taco I Bell's think, huge. I feel like Taco Time's small. 
Small, I think so. small, be- small, I feel like, small beans. But I feel like it's like Robin's Donuts. Kind of. In a way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dairy but Queen. But here, in beautiful Regina, we've got lots of taco times. No Taco Bells anymore. No Taco. Anymore. We haven't had a Taco Have Bell. We for, had a Taco Bell? Oh, yeah. There used to be Taco Bell here. Oh, I didn't But not for that. like 15 years. But there is still a talk like Taco Bells in Saskatoon. Right. And so there's one by our store and not right by it, but like on the way to our store, you pass a Taco Bell. And so I, I felt, a, you know, I felt like I needed to get into the Taco Bell experience again. And uh, a few months ago, back in Saskatoon, probably like six months ago, I was like, because every time I leave Saskatoon, I'm like, let's grab something for the road. Right. And so Taco Bell is there. It's right beside the co-op card lock gas station where I have to stop to get gas. Anyway, I'm like, let's do, let's That's- do Taco Bell. I haven't had it in 15 years. I stopped. I ordered it. I ordered even their combo pack, which gave you one of the crunchy, what did you say the pinwheel thing's called? Crunchwrap Supreme. Crunchwrap Supreme. It was one of those and some other stuff and some other stuff in a box. Wait. It was like a sampler pack. And I didn't call it a Crunchwrap Supreme, but that is one too. I don't know which one's which. There's a Crunchwrap Supreme and then there's the other one. Well, the pinwheel one. Though. There's the pinwheel one. Yeah, that's the one I don't really like. Cheesy... But anyway, I just, I and okay, so anyways, anyways, Taco Times, little, uh, what do you, whatever you want to call them, their fries, their Mexi fries, their tater tots, tater whatever you want to call them, yeah, yeah. are the best side in the industry. Like out of all potato sides? All sides, Bryce. Even poutine? Poutine? Oh, you caught, <laughs> yes, I think so, yes. Even better than traditional poutine? No, I'm talking fast food poutine. Yeah, but that's Poutine? what I, but, but but I mean, you know, like Is Eric Turner in is here? Is Eric in here? Poutine? Um Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs> comes with the complimentary side of IBS. That's right. So, yeah, I know I talk okay. times money. The 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 beef burrito, money. Hard, crunchy hard shell tacos, money. The Mexi fries, money. The sauce, the hot sauce on the side, mm. money, money, money. Mm. It's but you don't like I Arby's? I take your silence as acceptance. You don't like my, Arby's, though? I don't, like, I don't hate Arby's. I just think it's weird. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like, Who wants a beef sandwich? I haven't been to Arby's in, like, 20 years. But their horseradish sauce is... I don't like horseradish. Oh, so shut up. Nope. <laughs> okay, horseradish. so, double down. Come from? There was a restaurant in Montreal, very famous restaurant, Joe Beef. Have you ever heard of Joe I Beef? I have not heard of Joe You've Beef. You've never heard of Joe Beef? I've never heard of Joe Beef. Okay, so Joe Beef... Is an amazing Montreal restaurant. Um, the people are loving your stash, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> Straight 70s stash. Yep. Yeah, I'm a cop now. <laughs> uh, I'm the detective. So Joe Beef came up with the double down. It's two pieces of foie gras. So, I'm sorry, but I didn't even really notice your stash until I see it in the camera and they're talking about it. You, you have a wicked Mario stash right now. Mario? <laughs> Mario? I'll take Mario. And Suzanne, is, uh, she it's, agrees. This this stuff is good. It's good stuff. Me. We got away from the pop talk. But anyway, sorry. Your fo- foie gras. Foie gras, cheese, and pea meal bacon as a double down. That's what they did. Who did this? Joe Beef in Montreal. Oh, Joe Beef. Okay. And it was, I think it was like Unbelievable. $37. Yeah, of course. Well, foie gras. Foie, 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 foie gras. I've never had foie hey, gras. You're going to get some quotes. <laughs> Nobody's going to touch my brace. <laughs> That's Thirty-seven dollars. Thirty-seven dollars. That's right. For a couple of foie gras, foie gras. That's that's worth it. Foie gras. <laughs> TC Dex is wondering if we got high before this podcast. Started. Oh, you guys smoke smoke pot before this? Uh, I mean, maybe well, if we were getting Taco Bell. Arby's is gross. See, USMC okay. Most people agrees. don't like Arby's, right? 
Um, so anyway, that's right. Oh, I don't know if that's I even right, want to hey. say that one. Herpes on a bun equals Arby's. Herpes. Ow. <laughs> so anyway, I hope we've put Anyways. that to bed. I just like, I just, I think that Taco Bell, they rely on their cheese sauce too much. And if you're, if you're a mm. cheese sauce person, then you're probably like, oh, it's so good. But I am not a cheese sauce like cheese person. Sauce. Are you a sauce guy then? Do you like, like sauce? In general? Do you like saucy things? Yeah, I like saucy. Like, like a, barbecue, you like it oh, saucy. Yeah, sauce me up, bro. You don't like a dry rub. I don't mind a dry rub either. To be saucy. (laughs) I don't mind a dry rub. (laughs) But I'd rather take it saucy. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't, right? So how this all started was that there... How did Oh, yeah, there's other Mountain Dew flavors. flavors. (laughs) This this whole Sprite lemonade thing, this kicked off. The story is I went shopping looking for Coke Zero Cherry. And they didn't have it because it's so. You good, came. Bryce. You came back with the opposite of Coke Zero. Uh, it's a pretty far stretch from Coke Zero. Full cherry. sugar, just lemons. Yep. Clear instead of brown cola. Yep. Uh, but anyways, they don't. They you can only get it at Walmart, as far as I knew before, with the Coke Zero cherry. It just it yeah. showed up one day, and I was like, Ooh, oh, what's yeah. this? And when that happens, you're like, Yeah. And we bought I hit the jackpot. one, and then we tried some. And I was like, Oh, this is my new favorite. Do you ever like think when you buy one, you're like, there. Maybe I should have bought two. I was planning on buying four the other Whoa. day. So I was just there the other day. My wife had ordered some stuff I was supposed to pick up. No, that's not true. I had to go there to pick some stuff up for my wife, grocery shopping list, a couple items. And I was like, oh, while I'm here, yep. I'm going to go grab some of that Coke cherry. Because I can never mm-hmm. just order the stuff that's on the list. My wife knows that if she sends me shopping, we come back with extra things. You get extras. Yes. I like the list. I'm like very list. Oh, I There's can, a list. I, can do, I, I follow well, the like, list. Like I'll crush the list, but I'll add on my own stuff. I don't add on. You don't add on? No, not that's what I mean. Like I that's what I do the list for. How how is the how is this fun for you then? The trip? How's the shopping trip fun if you don't get to add your own stuff on? Because I added it on to the list already. You put it on the list? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't make the list. Oh, okay. (laughs) There's the difference. I don't make the list. (laughs) I get the list given to me. Oh, okay. And then I freelance a little bit. You freelance. Yeah, I do you do a little bit of free balling. A little bit. When I'm at Costco, especially. Yeah. Costco's the worst for that. Oh, it's so good. Um Anyways, I'm, we're back. We're going to try again. <laughs> try again to tell the Cherry Coke story. Sorry, Sorry, Cherry Coke. So I'm looking, how come your mic says this? What are you doing that it's making uh, it say that? I don't know. You're, it, it doesn't even like it's our fine. conversation. Coke yeah. Zero Cherry. Perfect balance of cherry flavor, but not as sweet as like regular Coke Cherry. Like not quite. Right. But still close, but much okay. better than Diet Coke. Diet Coke Cherry is garbage. Diet Coke sucks. Blech. So perfect drink. It's not there anymore. And in my travels of trying to locate it, asking people, checking to a couple different spots, I found Sprite Lemonade. Limon. Now, I'll, I'll be honest. My first reaction was, it's isn't just that what Sprite is? <laughs> <laughs> isn't Sprite just a lemon and lime drink to begin with? What is this? Just like more lemon in it? But they're saying it's like a mixture of like lemonade and lemon lime. So I don't know. You're doubling down on your lemon, and that just sounds like a way like for them to put more water in it. Two thirds lemon, one third lime. <laughs> I guess I'm not sure. Let's use less ingredients. But it's pretty and good. Trick people, and it's made with real lemon. Exactly. <laughs> lemon lime and lemonade flavored soda. So it's pretty good though. Do you think there's two lemons in each can? Uh, I I don't, I, I don't think it's raisin bran. I don't think they <laughs> two scoops of raisins. I don't think that they <laughs> specify like how much of it's in there. But okay. Anyway. Dr. Pepper is king, says USMC 2513. Okay, I will agree with an asterisk. Uh, Mr. Pibb, 
Pib. Mr. Pib. Pib is better than Dr. Pepper. Do you know what I don't understand? Dr. Pepper and Pib in those style of drinks but are better than yeah, like regular Coke, plain Jane, Coca-Cola, like cola. How, how do you feel about the cherry Pib? There's I don't a know cherry if I had it. Yeah, there's a Isn't cherry Isn't it kind pib. of cherryish already? That's what that's what I don't understand. Because there's a cherry Dr. Pepper too. Yeah, you're right. And it's like I thought it was twenty five flavors. And you it, left and out not cherry? One of them is cherry. Right. I don't even believe that one of them is not cherry because it, there's either. hints of cherry in there. But I'm telling you, man, Pib, Pib is king. Pib, pib is Pib Extra. Oh, Pib Extra. Gotta get that. You pib. know you can only get it now. You can't even buy oh, there's one store in Regina you can get it at apparently. It's like general store somewhere that like brings in all sorts of weird crap. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't been there yet, but the only place you can get it otherwise is any restaurant or the the only the, place you can get it is any restaurant, <laughs> every restaurant or theater it. that has the Coke machines that allow you to mix your own drinks, like oh, your fountain yeah. drinks. Those have Pib all the time. Do you think Pib is just Dr Pepper? Nope. <laughs> no, I don't. With just a little more syrup. <laughs> I think it's smoother. It's smoother than Dr. Pepper. Okay, yeah. You know what else really pisses me off? What? <laughs> Look at Pib is Dr. Pepper's disowned cousin. Whoa. That's, what a load of crap that is. That's like Royal Cola. It's, that's what that's Royal saying. Co- RC, RC Cola. <laughs> um, Dr. Pepper Slurpees, yay or nay? Yay. Even the consistency. There it is. It's y- the consistency. Even you know. It's garbage. I understand the what you're talking about. consistency is garbage on those ones. They don't work as a frozen drink. I don't know why. I okay. wish it wasn't the case. That's your problem. When you have a Dr. Pepper Slurpee, you need to use the spoon more. Oh, no, you don't use the spoon until you're at the bottom. No. This is ho- Are you spooning your whole Slurpee? End of this podcast. <laughs> Are you... Sp- hold on. Yes. You spoon your whole Slurpee? Yes. Sometimes, if it's a Dr. Pepper one. What's then- your spoon to sip ratio? Uh, well... So at the beginning, if you spoon no, no, at the I beginning... I asked a question, Bryce. It's a simple answer. What's your spoon... The sip ratio. It's probably 25-75. You're doing 25... Spoon. Spoons. 75 A quarter seven. of your Slurpee is consumed by spoon. Yes. The top 25. Mind blown. Ginger ale. I avoid using the spoon till I'm at the bottom oh. and I can't get it up the straw Why? anymore. Then it's spoon time. Because that's where the spoon's located is on the bottom <laughs> of the straw, Bryce. It's meant to be down there. So you pull it out. <laughs> no, I'm not good at that. Obviously. (laughs) I love the concept of a Dr. Pepper Slurpee because I love Dr. Pepper. And I think that a Dr. Pepper Slurpee would be amazing until you have one and then it's not because it just dries out and it doesn't suck up the straw properly. And I am not a spooner. You're not a spooner. Therefore, I've run into this problem. And that's why you're wrong. Okay. (laughs) But now I've never seen a Pib Slurpee. I'm sure that a Pib Slurpee would be amazing. You're wrong, Scott. Scott, Fanta okay. banana. Holy, this topic has gotten people <laughs> fired up in here. Haney Construction says, "Okay, so if you can, if you can count it using the word fewer, if you if you can't count it using the word less, therefore he's consumed. I.e., Shane drank fewer beers this afternoon, therefore he consumed less. What the? What is he talking about? I don't know. I think they're talking about we seem drunk. <laughs> it's possible." Precision Construction says ginger ale, one part ginger ale, eight parts bourbon. Oh, that's not ginger ale. And Fanta Banana Slurpee is the king of Slurpees. That's the worst. I'm Fanta just gonna, I'm gonna put that out there. I like banana flavored things, but only I think because you remember that medicine they used to get that was banana flavored. Yes, it's like an antibiotic. Yeah, it was. No, it was a yeah, it was a penicillin. It was penicillin, basically. right? So like, so I remember that flavor, and then I really liked banana, and now I hate it. Because it just reminds me of that. 
Like even real bananas or uh, just artificial no, I'm banana I'm not even flavoring. a big fan of banana, but that's a texture thing. I like green bananas. That's my issue with the Dr. Pepper syrup. It's a texture <laughs> thing. Ugh. Real bananas are too mushy. Anyways. Okay. So anyway, no minutes. no Coke Zero cherry. It's gone. Yes. And so maybe you can still get it in the States. You can probably still get it here somewhere too. I just Send some up. But Pib, we need to go to the general store, whatever that store is, and, and get the Pib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the it's my. It's literally village. my favorite part about going to a movie theater. Or... Is getting Pib. Or uh, Fuddruckers has those machines. Oh, yeah. Or wherever. It's like you go there, and it's like I get excited about having the Pib as I do having the meal. A or gallon, watching the movie. A gallon of Pib. And the lot... Yeah, I would do... <laughs> I'll get a liter of Pib? I'll get a liter we of Pib. We don't have a liter of Pib. <laughs> That's right. What's liter of Pib? Uh... I went to a movie, first one in a year and a half, with my son, 14-year-old, the other day. Yeah. It's called Demon Slayer. How was it? <laughs> is it slaying of demons? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not into Japanese anime to begin with, and this one was all subtitled, and I had no context because oh, no. then I watched the show. So oh, what was yeah. it? How do you think it went? I don't know. Was it cool? It was amazing. I had Pib. <laughs> That's right. You Pib <laughs> and popcorn. I got my Pib. So I was pretty excited about that. But anyway, okay. Well, <laughs> I don't want a large farva. <laughs> Today's topic is top 20 DIY mistakes. Oh, we just lost everybody. Why? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Why are they, they're like, no, get back to the pop. Because we said the topic. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, okay. I want to do a poll. Can quick, we, quick poll. Can you do polls in here? Uh, is it yeah, soda so. or is it pop? Oh, there's three options though. There's what soda, there's pop, and then there's soda pop. Well, that one's not right for anybody. <laughs> Soda Popinski from Mike. Soda Popinski. Jason's punch out. I feel like we've gone down this before. Leader of Pib. So today's topic, top 20 DIY, DIY mistakes. So we deal with uh, DIY customers quite a bit at our store because we're a store for everybody. We're very inclusive, Bryce. We're an inclusive store. We have lots of contractors that shop here. We have lots of homeowners that shop here. Some of them are building their own decks. Some DIYers or contractors? Both of them. Oh, okay. I hope a contractor would build their own deck. Sometimes we get to see what doesn't go right when a DIY person tries to take on their own deck. And All so the time. Today is dedicated to that. Top. That scenario. The top DIY mistakes. Now, why would we do this? And there's, see here, look at this. Coke. Majestic Outdoors just says Coke. There is a section maybe multiple sections, of this continent that just call all pop or soda Coke. What? Like a, like Sprite would be a Coke. Get out of here. Right? That's, how do you define the flavor? No, I'm pretty sure that the soda people and the Coke pop Sprite? people can agree that calling everything Coke is incorrect. I like soda, by the way. I started uh, calling it soda probably seven years ago. Why? Because I like it. Hey, look, TC Dex, he's like an honorary Canadian. We're, we're a pop we're a family. Pop family. Yeah, see, all the South calls everything Coke. Get out of here. It's a true story. Um, DIY mistake number one, calling all soda Coke. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so 20, 20, these are not the only mistakes that a DIY can make, but these are the, I, I think this is the 20 most common. Yeah. Because it was the first 20 we thought of. So clearly they're the most common. Top of mind. They weren't common, they wouldn't be in our heads. Uh, so here we go. Number one is not planning enough right up front. Right. Right up front when you're going to go build this deck. First mistake. Didn't plan things out properly. Now, what does that mean? Well, how are you going to use this deck? Like a lot of people are just like, I'm going to build a deck this weekend. And I'm going to make it 10 by 12 because there's a 10 foot ledger board in my house and 12 mm. is a good number. 
Like there, sometimes there's not a lot of thought into what goes into it. It's like, this is the space I have, so therefore I'm going to put a deck there. Right. Okay, but what are you planning on using the deck for? What, right. do you, what do you want to use the space for? You wouldn't go build a house and be like, oh, I'm going to make a house. Well, I want uh, the square room to be 20 by 20. So that's room. not big enough for a house. I want it to be my sunroom, Shane. Yeah, so you know, there you out. go. There's some planning there too. Help me out. Want to do, if you want to make it a sunroom. Right. But I'm saying if your intention is to go and put a, you know, a, a patio table and some chairs around the table and you're planning on building an 8 by 10 deck, well, that's not big enough. Ooh. And you might be thinking like, oh, yeah, but the set I looked online, the set was uh, 60 inches by whatever, 36 inches, and so it sh- it'll fit. Yes, it'll fit. It'll physically fit into physically. The, within the parameters of the deck. But right. you can't pull the chairs out. You can't sit in it comfortably. You can't walk around anything. Then where's your barbecue mm. go? Yeah. So the whole, like, planning, like, what the space should look like as far as yeah, what's size for? location what are you using it for what do you want to use it for where should the stairs go like where's the natural flow of traffic out of the house to the rest of the yard where like there's a lot of things to kind of plan through at that stage before you ever do anything else before you go buy a piece of lumber before you apply for your permit so on and so forth just spend some time thinking about just how think you're going to use it. the space yeah and the materials you're going to use so that's number one we see that Fairly commonly, and a lot of times it's the furniture thing. It's like, oh, I'm gonna build this. Uh, I'm gonna build this landing out here. I'm gonna do it four by five, and it's like, okay, what are you planning on putting on there? Uh, well, it's just, it's just a, I don't need much. It's just for my barbecue. Well, that's not even gonna fit your barbecue. Right. Exactly. By the time you swing your door open and your barbecue, like your barbecue with the side tables on it, average barbecue is five feet wide. Whoa. Yeah, that's why I made it five feet. Oh yeah, but your railing is gonna get mounted on the inside of the yeah. edge of your deck. You've actually got you know, uh, like forty, whatever. 50, 52 inches of usable space your yeah. barbecue doesn't fit in that oh yeah. well i didn't think of that yeah because you didn't plan because you're not planning sir right? measure your barbecue first account for things joe so um that's number one number two is permit this is pretty common Ooh, permits skipping the permit now why do you think people skip permits uh they when are. they're doing their own deck because they're scared scared of what um the process. They, they, they feel like it's complicated is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and they'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's needlessly complicated. Oh, also, they probably don't like the government. Right? I ain't taking your vaccine or your permit. Vaccines. Anyways. <laughs> that's how they get you. Right? They so get you with the permit. That's first. how they get you with the permit. Oh, I knew it. If you apply for a permit, uh, they know where you are, and then they can get you with a vaccine later. Now they can tax me. Right? And that's the other part. You just said it. That's the other part people are scared about. What's this going to do to my taxes? Oh, if I apply yeah. for a permit and I put a deck in my house, oh, my taxes are going to go through the roof. So what happens if you don't apply for a permit? Nothing. You get to, <laughs> you get to enjoy your deck at no extra cost. <laughs> Unless you put it out front. Then they know. Right? Yeah, you don't want to have it be visible. Uh, but applying for the permit, this is like, this is something you should do. This is something that a good contractor, any reputable contractor is going to do is, a, is get the appropriate permits. Um, because... Here's the follow to this. If you don't go get the permit, and this this falls into number three. Okay. But if you don't go get the permit, you A, may build it incorrectly. And if you're a homeowner or a DIY that doesn't do this every day, you almost assuredly are going to build it incorrectly. Yeah, I mean, the guy who fit, hits all this on this list, he's doing it all wrong. Yeah, right? exactly. So you might build it incorrectly. You might build it over something that you can't, Build it on. And so that's number three is the zoning. You might run zoning. into some zoning issues with, with when you just go willy-nilly and build your deck. Yep. Now, what can that be? Well, it could be a uh, side yard setback. 
Side yard setback's a big one. Every city or municipality or area is going to have some rules around how close you can be to the property line with mm-hmm. your, of your neighbor's fence. And it's usually fires or fire uh, regulations is the reason, I believe. But you're not allowed to have it extend into that area. So up here, most commonly in our area, it's 1.2 meters. So four feet-ish. Four feet. You have to be staying back from your property line. And a lot of people, they, they want to build into that space. Mm-hmm. Because why not? It's like dead space over there. I'm just going to uh, build it up to the fence. And I own it. <laughs> and it's my <laughs> land. Exactly. So, are you gonna, that's how they get you again. Exactly. You need to put that on a button. That's how they get uh, you. Okay, hang on. Do it clean again. <laughs> what? Do that's how they get you. <laughs> oh, because you're going to cut this out. I need to cut it. That's how they get you. Um, so... There's that. There's a side yard setback. There's potential easements in your yard with yep. buried utilities potentially, or maybe the city just doesn't want you to go in that space because the government, the that's go- how they get <laughs> you. <laughs> I don't even need a button anymore. So, right? <laughs> so there may be setbacks or maybe easements. There may be just in some places um, rules around how much percentage of your yard can be constructed building that's versus true. open green space. Yeah. And yeah, I know that sounds a little silly. It's your yard. But, Bryce? That's how they get you. (laughs) (laughs) So you might build a deck that's too big proportionally for your yard according to your your building department. And even with zoning, you have to worry about height, too. Right. You go too high, they don't want you to do that. Right. They don't want you getting high. Don't want you high. Keep you low. They want your deck low. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's something you should pay attention to get the permit. Like you might think that the permit's just a money grab, but the permit might come back to bite you. If you build it on something, you're not allowed to build to build into a setback. You're not allowed to build into, um, build it improperly because you didn't use the proper, we'll get onto it later, but the proper lumber sizes and everything else. And then if somebody does call you out on it and you get busted for not having pulled a permit and the city comes by and says, get a permit or else. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, no problem. I'll go get the permit now. But if you didn't build it properly or you built it where you weren't allowed to build it, mm. that's coming down. Yeah, it's just coming down. It's just coming down. I've seen that. Yep. I've seen whole houses that have to move because of that. Right? It's like, ugh. So it's a good final check to make sure that what you're about to build, not only that it's built properly, but that you're allowed to build it where and how big you're building it. And a permit is really just insurance for you too, Right. Like even though they didn't do don't do a great job with their rules and checking stuff generally, yep. At, no one can come back and tell you that it's wrong, right? And so that's the other thing too. This may you may you may be okay for a long time without a permit. You right. may go under the radar and nobody's going to find out. And then you go to sell your house or something, mm. or the neighbors change and the new neighbors a a the, giant, you know what? And he's just like he's got a beef to pick what? with you. <laughs> He's got a beef to pick with you, and he calls it in. Yeah. That's all it takes. Right. Well, I'm just wondering if uh, 1645 Robertson Road has a permit. Uh, no, it doesn't. Whoa. Just to let you know there's a big-ass deck back there. <laughs> Huge-ass deck back uh, there. They're doing unsafe things on it. Um, <laughs> and it's on fire. <laughs> and so you might run into the issue where you have to get a permit at some point, and if you didn't go through the process, you may have built it in a way that's not even... Uh, like you can't you're screwed. Yep. You can't just go pull the permit now because it's not done right. And so then that's expensive. That's really yeah. expensive. Uh, number four is grading. So you get so hyper-focused on building this deck this weekend that you're going to do. And you forget that one of the most important things to do before you build a deck is make sure that the grading around your house is oh, appropriate. I thought you were going to say study for your math final. Oh, that too. Like get your priorities straight. <laughs> Don't like build a deck if you have a, an exam on Monday. Oh, okay. Okay. 
what's your grading of your yard? Because it's a lot easier to do when there's nothing there than when there's a deck three feet off the ground, and then you got to get in there and tamp some yeah, that would dirt suck. around your house. That would not be fun. What if you built like a ground level deck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the gra- like it's sloping into your house. It's now. Sloping in your house. But take care of the grading issues before you ever put the deck there. It's just going to make your life easier. And if you want to do anything underneath as far as weed control, whether it's landscape fabric and rock or crusher mm-hmm. dust or some sort of base underneath there, or if you're going to use this space for storage, you might want something that's a little bit cleaner than just you know, Dirt. weeds and mud or something. So take care of the uh, landscape below the deck before you build the deck. Yeah. Part of your planning, that's I guess. That's pretty easy. Number five is piles. Now, everywhere is different. This one's so different from region to region because what we have to do for piles here is significantly different than what you'd have to do in California versus mm-hmm. what you'd have to do in Washington versus what you'd have to do in Quebec. Like, it's just, it's everywhere is different. And it's related to if you have seismic activity as part of it, if you have frost depth, which is a major part of it. Um, and then just depending on how much your government wants to get you. Do you want, <laughs> do you want to, do you recommend piles over like blocks and stuff? Oh, yeah, of course. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> way to build a deck, right? It's the proper way to build a deck. <laughs> so for the average question? DIY guy, they should get piles. Yeah, you, yeah, you should. The only reason these grade blocks exist is because they're cheap, and the city, for some reason, says they're okay. Which of all that's places? How they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> of all the places in the world where those things really probably shouldn't be allowed, it's here. It's here. Like, welcome to the. The bloody the no pile ground zone. here is like a waterbed. It is. It <laughs> it's is. Like you step on it, it just like ripples. Somebody plot your neighbor goes out and plops down in their backyard, and yeah. your backyard rises. You can just see it. You <laughs> like can see it happen. So every winter, when the when the thaw set or the freeze sets in, the ground all heaves, and then every spring, of course, it thaws out and it settles again. But there's not only that, there's also like the static pressure in the clay that we have here. Like this is specific to the Regina region, but mm. that clay that we have here in the ground is is extremely expansive just when it's wet. So this yep. isn't this isn't a, a summer to winter freeze thaw issue. This is also an expansive clay soil issue. Because mm-hmm. some springs you'll get a lot of moisture in the ground and your ground will be swollen like swollen up. Swole. Swelled. Swole. Your ground is swole. It's swole. And other times you have an extremely dry summer and everything shrinks down. And we're not talking about like little little we're adjustments. Talking we're talking huge inches. cracks, <laughs> like, right? Like dry, from a wet season to a dry season, your backyard soil in your backyard might expand five inches. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it, it's moving a lot. And so if you have your deck attached to your house and it's just like hinging five inches, that's a <laughs> that's, that's a big move. A pretty big stress on that poor ledger board and those hangers that you probably didn't put on right. That you probably didn't put on right. We'll get to those ones <laughs> in a bit here. But the piles, like, probably, I would say probably, because the rural in Regina, at least, and in Saskatoon, is that under six feet tall, if the deck's under six feet tall, you don't have to put in-ground piles in if you don't want to. That's right. You can put it on-grade footing, uh, and you can still attach to the house. Other areas are going to say, those are okay, but not if you're attaching to your house. If you're attaching to your house, it has to be pile. And other places, like 40 minutes down the road in Moose Jaw, it's over two feet, has to have piles. Okay, so here's my big question about piles then is do piles make it easier to build your deck from a DIY standpoint? Well... Because they're more expensive. Depends on what piles we're talking about. Helical screw piles. No, yeah, those are easier because you're not doing them. Right. (laughs) Oh, you're you're going to hire somebody to come and drive them in. Right. And so what do you have to do? Like, you have to do nothing. But but do they make the rest spots. of the build easier? Yeah, like they're, I would say so. 
like not the rest of the build either. They just make the start easier. Oh, okay. Okay. So if you get piles put in, all you have to do is the homeowner is mark them out. And then the pile guy will come in and drive these piles in. They're adjustable, which is nice. You don't have to worry about being perfectly set on your heights because you they have a threaded rod. You can spin mm. the saddle and I raise mean, that, it or lower it. That's a big thing, right? It makes it makes starting a lot easier, yeah. Those concrete blocks, people just toss four by fours in them Yep, for posts, right? And then they, a lot of those people just set those on top of the ground that may be disturbed or may have... Yep. Like when we were building, if we, had, if we had to use those for a project, I would always dig out the grass and dig down a few inches, lay a bed of sand, tamp it in there, get a good, get a good base in there yeah. and then set yourself on it. Because in my mind, you set these things on top of the grass. Well, what's grass do? It decays. It, yeah. Like it it'll, dies. Yeah, it dies. And then that organic material is gone and that's going to sink when that material dries up and, yeah. and decomposes. Inevitably. So I would always want to get rid of the grass, get down to something a little bit more stable and then tamp it in there, bed of sand for leveling yeah. and do it that way. So but a lot of people aren't going to do that. They're going to plop it on top of the grass. But the piles, if you put the screw piles in, there's no mess for one. They drive in. There's no mess, no mess to do. Like you as the homeowner get to sit back and watch them go in mm-hmm. in a few minutes and then they're done. You're building. Now, if you're in an area where you're not using screw piles and you're pouring your old concrete, well then that could be a huge job or not too bad of a job depending where you are. If you're here, that's a massive job because they're oh. required to go so bloody deep. And all that clay we're talking about is you can't shovel that stuff. No. It's just sticky, dense like crappy stuff. You don't right. shovel it. Yeah. Um, even like the augers that they pile it out with get all gummed up with it. You know, oh, shake the crap. Yeah. Get, it like, takes forever. For peel that stuff off the piles. And, but if you're in, you know, if you're in, um, you know, Washington or, or whatever, then you only have to go 12 inches deep. Well, that's not too bad to take a shovel out and dig a hole 12 inches deep. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad. So just depends. Uh, but putting, choosing the proper piles, Choosing the proper type okay. of piles yep. for one, choosing the proper size of piles, mm-hmm. two, choosing the proper number of piles, three, mm-hmm. all of these things can be taken care of at that permit stage. And location. And location of the piles. Pile location. Yep. yep. So number What's six. next? What what six. thing did I screw up on my deck? Your spans? <laughs> I think are so. Are you overspanned? I think I'm overspanned. So it, again, these are things that will get picked up at permit stage if you do one, but we often have people come in here and they're like, oh, I'm going to build this, whatever, uh, eight by 14 foot. Deck. That's a bad number. Like 20 <laughs> feet wide by 14 foot out deck. Right. And I'm, you know, it's going to be low to the ground. So I'm going to, I want to keep it like lower. So I'm going to use two by six. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not. Oh, why not? Not at 14 feet. Is there <laughs> like, something wrong with that? There's some places that won't even let you use two by six. For Joyce. But even here, the city of Regina used to let you use two by six up to nine feet, which I thought was a little excessive. But now... Yeah, they, what they do now, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now uh, they won't let you use them on any deck that requires a guardrail because they don't think that there's enough meat in the framing to actually bolt in a post, which is... Uh, most of them are surface mounted anyway, so they're... Like, I don't know why they have that rule now, but uh, they've done a lot of things recently that are confusing. But you need to use the appropriate less size lumber. You can't span two by six, 14 feet, not without some sort of support in the middle. Nope. And then if you put a beam underneath in the middle, well, then you're defeating the purpose of, like, you're trying to be low. Well, that's not going to do it. Use a two by 10. Span your 14 feet. Right. Lower than a two by six on top of a two by six. Yeah. So your lumber spans. Don't just like, because a lot of people that haven't done their planning and their research are just going off of what exactly? Well, I'm just going to... Farmer theory. I'm just going to screw four pieces of wood together. There's my frame. Yeah. They I'm just gonna... don't have any concept of it. Exactly. They've seen a deck framed at a two by six before, and they think, well, that's how you frame a deck. It's a two by six. Wood's wood. Wood's wood. 
So there, that's a big issue. Uh, number seven is the ledger attachment. This one is a massive issue around here. The ledger board is improperly attached on the majority of decks in Regina. Would you recommend then a DIYer float their deck over attaching to the ledger? E- potentially, yes, as long as they take care of number 12. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Okay, sorry. We're attaching this deck, I'm just, Bryce. I'm just asking intelligent questions. Yes. We'll get there. Okay. Just give us a few minutes. Ledger attachment. In the, Here's the issue in Regina. And I, I've heard it's issues an issue in other areas as well. And in some other areas, I've heard they don't even, the home builder doesn't do anything with the ledger whatsoever. So it's not an issue there. But the, the common practice here is for the home builder on new homes to temporarily tack up the ledger board over top of the house wrap once the house wraps up so that they can finish the envelope of the house. Yes. The, that's the key word you used. Temporarily. 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 Yeah. And so what they do is they just like the framer that framed the rest of the house pops that mm-hmm. ledger board on real quick. Yeah. So that the siding crew can come in and stucco or or side the house with whatever they're doing. So they put the ledger board on so that can get done. So they can they can flash it inside the house. The problem is 99 times out of 100, the frame that slaps that board onto the side of the house is using the same bright interior grade, fin- uh, not finish nails. So they're using interior nails, nails yeah, to tack it on because they're just trying to get it on so that they, they can get out of there. Right. They got to so get to Taco Bell. For one, they're using in, like non-galvanized nails. They're just bright, shiny right. nails that will rust Yep. in treated lumber. Number two, they don't spike them into anything. They don't, they don't oh, they, care. They're they just, just like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, into the sheathing. So they don't, they're not worried about whether they're hitting something structural on the inside of the house because it, it just needs to hold for now, mm, <laughs> right? right? They're not building the deck. So you have so to locate the floor joists then in order to yeah, you put need your to ledger tie up your, properly? Yeah, you need to bolt your ledger to the home. Not oh, I got to bolt it now? You got to bolt it. I thought I could just use really big nails. <laughs> well, <laughs> use giant spikes and hit something behind. You probably could. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But not just like little framing nails. Okay. So they walk away, they sell the house, the homeowner goes to build a deck two years later, mm-hmm. and they they don't know that that board's not properly attached because they're not a deck builder. They're making mistakes today, 20 of them. Yep. And this is one they don't need to look for. They just see that it's on there. They assume that the guy who put it there put it on there properly and ready to build on, but yep. they did not. And the odd home builder will. The odd home builder I see does leg bolt it on, but that's, that's rare. So... What are you looking for in an improper ledger connection? Like well, when you, a lack, when like you a lack see of bo- a lack of bolts is a, an immediate sign. So if there's no bolts, you're like, "Whoa, I should check this out." Yes. Okay. Um, software carpentry says even galvanized isn't good enough. It has to be hot dipped here. Yeah. So I mean, there's different types of galvanization that you can use. Exterior grade stuff is going to be hot dipped as opposed to electro galvanized or whatever. Hot dip sounds way cooler, right? Plus, who doesn't want a hot, hot dip? <laughs> so. Um, or stainless is the other option, right? Right. Um, not common here, but you, so anyway, so okay, if you so don't have any bolts in your ledger board, that's sign number one, that the no thing's bolts. not properly attached. That's really the only sign. Even if it has bolts, you're probably going to want to make that there, make sure that there's like a, there's a pattern there because if they're just oh. kind of sprayed randomly, then okay. they're probably also not tied into anything properly. So if it's an older home that has a solid rim joist, then maybe they could be done randomly. It wouldn't matter because you're, you've got a solid whatever, two by 10 rim or something that you can leg into. But mm. more commonly nowadays, you're using some sort of engineered floor system, whether it's 
uh, iJoyce or open web trusses or something. And those commonly will have your 19 three spacing on them or whatever have you. So you need okay. like, it's got to be into something structural on the other side of the wall. If you go up, uh, the easiest test to do is to take your, like depending on what type of bolt it is, whether it's a socket or a, or a, like a T30 Torx bit or something. Yep. And just drive it a bit. If it's tight and it's sucking itself into the ledger board, then you've hit something solid on the other side. Okay. If it's just spinning, then you've hit nothing. You're in the sheathing and it's not, there's nothing to draw it in. Right. That's the easiest way to tell. So you need to make sure that you inspect your ledger board before you build anything and make sure it's properly attached. If it's not, if it's just nailed on, then you need to go get the appropriate bolts and locate your actual studs or right. your, whatever the blocking is on the inside and hit them and put enough in. Or else your deck will end up on the ground. Not on your house. Not on your house. Most people want it on their house. Most people want their deck on at least within a step like within a step attached. away. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a big gap. That would be that'd be fun. Have to jump onto your deck every time. Yeah, you're gonna want to take a big first step. Yeah, there, it's Terry. a big first step. Don't worry. Uh, last year we actually had one of these fall off a house in Regina. And it wasn't small. Second story. Yeah. People were injured. There was Someone more. Someone was on it. Yeah, they were on it. That's crazy. Well, they don't usually fall off when you're not on it. That's oh. the thing. Oh. Because there's, there's yeah, no okay, weight. Yeah. You know, it's the movement and the added mm -hmm. weight of the people that are up there and you're moving around and it's shaking yep. the deck a little bit. That's when the final wiggle happens and the thing comes crashing down. It's mm -hmm. rare that they crash without people on them. So Ugh. almost always there's somebody injured. So that's way more dangerous. Way more danger. Dangerous. So that happens. It's a very important piece um, that's, depending where you are, may not be picked up in the permit stage because, because in Regina, yeah. they don't really inspect that. Right. It's <laughs> not even on the permit. Yeah. They only recently wanted you to start telling them how you were going to attach it. You never used to have to even tell them that. But even then, they don't care. They don't inspect that part. No. no. Mm. So pretty crazy. That's frustrating. Number eight is the, uh, I guess we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but the wrong... No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch the order back. Number eight is okay. the flashing, because this is, goes hand-in-hand hand with the ledger board. Now, if the ledger board doesn't have some sort of water diversion system or some sort of plan to keep that thing dry, mm. then it's going to rot, because you've sandwiched this board against the house with no path for water to go other than behind it where it doesn't dry out, and now you're not only rotting out the back of your ledger board, but you're also rotting out the sheathing and potentially the framing of your house. So that's a part wow. of this that you need to take care of, too. Now, arguably in some... Uh, instances you may not need to flash it, but you might need to space it off the house to allow airflow behind, or you can float it, like you said before, and then you don't right. require the flashing. If you're not attaching through the house, then float it. Fine. But one way or another, you have to address the fact that water will travel down the wall of the house and need to go somewhere. And behind your ledger board is the bolts best. into your house. Oh, dang. <laughs> I thought I had that for a second there. <laughs> what? I thought it was the best place for the water to go. <laughs> Well, it can stay nice and dry. Yeah, wet it stays back there, moist. Just like the water wants. Number nine is the wrong fasteners. So we talked a little bit about the wrong fasteners for holding your ledger board on. We talked a little yep. bit about the bolts that you should use to bolt your house. They could be a traditional like half-inch leg bolt. They could mm -hmm. be the rugged structural screws from GRK or Simpson or Fastmaster. They all make them. Uh, U2 is another one that's out there now. Lots of them out there. They're readily available. They're amazing to use. Yep. Just use them. This costs a few cents per leg bolt. Do Just it. use them. Just freaking do it. You don't even need that many. <laughs> right? Just pop a few Just in. Pop a few in. Just a few. Uh, but also wrong fasteners in your hangers. That's a very common thing. So, and this is like, we sell 
when we do takeoffs here, first of all, I made this point before we did this podcast. If you are incapable of doing your own materials takeoff for your deck, you have no business building it. Right. That's where you need to start learning. You want to build your own deck, that's fine. Learn then. Yep. Right? You know what I mean? Like start with learning like how that, what you need. That should sound extremely obvious. If you are going Is like, it? <laughs> if you're going to build anything, right. you need to know what's required for materials to build it. Mm-hmm. I am not going to attempt to build a car from scratch. No. Because I only know the major parts. I don't know all the ins and outs of the car and how it works. Engine. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'd be like, I'll I'll order an engine, please. I need four wheels and an engine. (laughs) Yeah. So it just like it just doesn't if you don't know how to do if you're relying on somebody else to figure out the materials for you, you're not the person to build it. Right. The the dangerous part of this is we offered it like we have an estimator that does takeoffs all day long. That's all we do. And people take advantage of that. Contractors come in, they don't want to do their own takeoffs sometimes either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's time related or they don't want to or whatever. But for homeowners too, we to do a quote for them, we'll do the we'll do the takeoff. Now, sometimes they're hiring their own contractor to build it or I don't know, whatever. But sometimes they're building it themselves and they, they want the quote and we do the, to give them an accurate quote, we figure out the materials you need to build it. Well, if you're gonna be building it though, you should really be doing that part yourself. You yeah. should be telling us what you need, not asking us what you need. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we can do this list of materials and give it to you, but you like, so then what? Right. And how we build it. You have no idea what this you know pile what of materials is. You don't even know what these screws are for. It's not Hence Lego. Why they come back. Right. Like we do returns sometimes. I was like, how'd it go? Oh, good. I built it last weekend. I'm just here to return all these structural screws. Why? Uh, did you, why, why didn't you use those? Well, I, whatever the reason is, right? Well, I didn't need Because they sunk deck screws in their hangers. Yeah. That's why. We all know why. <laughs> or they didn't attach a ledger properly. Right. We all know why. They used, They didn't use the structural screws or to they save themselves do, yeah, five cents. Or they do phone. They're like, I don't know. What am I supposed to attach my railing post with? Okay. Well, if you don't have the ability to look at the pile of materials that you have and not identify which fastener is supposed to be used to uh, bolt your mm-hmm. railing down, then you're not it. You're, mm-hmm. You shouldn't be building your own deck. Right. Because then they want to come back and blame you. Well, yeah. you didn't tell me. No, no, no. You're building the deck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm building <laughs> right. the deck. Like imagine you ordered a whole bunch of auto parts from from an auto part place and then tried to build your car and then you go back to the auto part place and go, well, why don't you tell me? What? Hey, you're the one fixing your car, not me. I sell you parts. Right. Can you imagine if like Ikea just sent you the wood? They just sent you the wood and a bunch of screws, like flat pieces of wood. But the problem is, is Ikea. The problem is Ikea. Because Ikea gives you all the materials and then gives you an awful instruction book on how to do it. So even if you don't know what the hell you're doing, if you want to stare and be frustrated for long enough at at this, what they call an instruction booklet, then you can figure it out and do it. Right. And what people think when they go to Lumbiard is like, oh, it's, it's like a dresser. I should be able to just buy a deck and they should give me all the plans and I should just be able to go follow the step-by-step. No, Mm. no, that's not how it works. Nobody gets step-by-step plans. We could be the Ikea of deck building. Commercial contractors with, with formal <laughs> blueprints don't get step-by-step plans. You get no, general plans. Yeah, you get general. You have to have the basis of knowledge on how to put it all together and right. know the fin- finishing yep. touches and know how to make an adjustment if something isn't lining up on site mm-hmm. and everything else. That's your deal. That's your Not deal. the architect. Not the architect's responsibility to uh, tell you you should notch this because there's a pipe there. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, there's just... Things you have to know on site that you have to be able to adjust for and account for and do, and you have to have the basis of knowledge. 
Right. The architect and the supplier is not their job to be like, uh, you have to do, you have to like paint those. And sometimes those details will be on there, but it's not, it's not thorough down to the last nail and last piece of blocking. That's for sure. So, uh, you need to send install videos. Nope. Oh, we've got the one install video on uh, YouTube, which general principles, the basic understanding of how to build a deck. I mean, it's got quite a few tips in there. You should be able to watch that and figure it out. And if that's still not helping, then again, you're not, you shouldn't be building your own deck. Right. Um, Where else are we now? So wrong. Hangers, hangers. We're on to hangers. Are we still on hangers? Number number 10. Hangers not needed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And didn't fill all the rail, although the hanger holes in. So improper hangers too, right? Potentially improper. Yeah. So that one too, because you are supposed to be using, we just talked about it, the hot tip galvanized hangers or stainless steel hangers in some areas, not interior hangers. And if you don't know what you're doing and you go to the old Home Depot and you find a joist hanger, the depot, and you have, and you don't know, right. You will buy the wrong hanger. What's the difference between a joist hanger? You want to know why you'll buy the wrong hanger? Because they're all the same. Because you'll buy the cheaper one. <gasps> you see a two by eight hanger and another yeah. two by eight hanger. They both fit two by eight. And one's a buck and one's a buck fifty. Which one are you buying? Dollar. I'm saving fifty. You're building cents. your own deck because you're trying to save money. That's right. And I need fifty of these things. <gasps> That's twenty five bucks. That's twenty five bucks. So you're gonna choose the cheaper hanger you because you can't tell the difference. <laughs> What's the difference? You can't. What is the difference? Tell me. <laughs> One's galvanized and one's not. And that's it? One's meant for exterior use and oh. one's not. You're going to buy a rusty hanger. <laughs> that's what... Leave it said. alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, improper hanger is a good one. And right. then, for... I don't... And I, I don't understand what this is about. But, you buy these hangers, not you, not me, but like somebody buys these hangers and they start using them they're like... Well, clearly they've put too much holes in these. <laughs> like, this is such a common issue, but I would love to know the thinking behind the decision to not fill all the holes. So, like, on site, yeah, okay. the DIY homeowner on site is looking at, he puts his joist hanger on. Yep. And he's like, squares it up. Well, there's six holes here. Clearly they just, they just put extra in there. Yeah, it's just like for, what assessment are you making that you've decided that the holes are there for no reason? They're for placement only. <laughs> like, well, I'm just supposed to choose my own hole. Exactly. Is that it's, like, it's that book. It's like choose your own adventure. You know, right? Fill all the holes. <laughs> right. They're there for a reason. That is why they're there. They're literally a guide to tell you where to put the screws. They tried to make it simple, and you made it complicated. Short of a sticker at every <laughs> hole that says "insert fastener here." Yeah. What more can they do? They've pre-drilled out the holes for you. Yeah. Put a fastener in it. That's all it would take, too. Just fill them up. Just fill them up. When in doubt, fill all the holes. When in doubt. Yeah, but there was a lot of holes on it for a reason. Yes. There was supposed to be a lot of holes on it. But then I'm going to have to use a bunch of those structural (laughs) screws. Yeah. (laughs) So the, the common issue we talked about before is that people throw anything in there. Somebody just mentioned in here not too long ago, drywall screws, drywall screws. you'll find in there, roofing nails you'll find in there, flooring screws you'll find in there, deck screws you'll find in there, mm-hmm. um, just gold, like construction screws you'll find in there. It's almost like people gold. are trying to just <laughs> intentionally find an alternative. Right. 
the reason you have the hanger nails out on your site or the SD screws from Simpson is for the hangers. Don't bring them back. Put them in. Like when you look at something, it's like it says in the box, it's like a structural screw for your. You're you're like, oh, that doesn't sound important. You know what I hate? I'll being, just take those back. I hate being too safe. Right. Right. I, I don't want to be. I want to live just on the edge. So I'm only <laughs> gonna put three. Yeah. In every one. I want to just like when I walk on my deck, I just want to question myself. Right. Just momentarily. Every time I take that first step, I might want to fall through. I just want to test it a little exactly. bit when I walk out and be like, should be okay. I think I'll be okay. Now the hangers not needed is the other part here too. And Scott just made a point here too. There's different levels of galvanization too. Some of them maybe have a, a like a mild, like a, uh, not a mild amount, <laughs> a just lesser a amount, amount of galvanization on them that are not intended to be out in the elements, but they may be, they may still be marked as galvanized. Mm. The Simpson ones, if you look at them, the Z max, uh, hangers are going to all their model codes end with a Z or a Z for our friends in the States. Um, so those are, uh, meant for your exterior use. Just read them. They'll say for use with pressure treated lumber right on the box. Right. Otherwise they're going to rust. Otherwise they're going to rust. Uh, now hangers where you don't need them. This one's not hurting anything, but I was just at a deck the other day and the homeowner was kind of like, he was, I haven't, He's got a list of complaints he had emailed me. I haven't gone through them quite yet. I replied to him. I was like, I'll look at this one. I have a chance. It was a big email. But on site, I'd gone to deliver his glass personally. And while I was out there, he's like, yeah, well, it kind of went, didn't go the greatest because there was some stuff that was back order or stuff that was missed or whatever. He's like, for example, I didn't get get any hangers for right here. And the place he was pointing at, you don't need hangers for. So he like, he attached the ledger, mid-span beam, outer beam. And this was probably only about 12 feet. He didn't even need the, didn't even need the middle beam. Right. But he had two rows of beams. And then where he thought we shorted him hangers was on the outside at the rim joist. Well, they were, they were drop beams. They were hangers were supported on top of those. You didn't need hangers out there. Right. Uh, You didn't get hangers there because you don't need hangers there. Mm. Oh, so they just slap them up wherever. Right, and then it's our fault. That's less of a problem, though. <laughs> it is less of a problem. You, like it's it's not hurting anything, right? To put those hangers there, it's just an, an added expense, an added time f- for a completely unnecessary reason. When you're trying to save money, the problem is it was our fault. Ah, uh, that he didn't that we didn't send him hangers for there. You know what I mean? But he didn't but do he didn't his own need, takeoff. He didn't need right. He should have <laughs> done his own takeoff exactly because his complaints were all like, "Well, you didn't send me this. You didn't send. Hey, listen, if you knew what you needed before you started this deck, you should have done your takeoff. Exactly. You tell us what you need. Yeah. And then when you're short or something, and you will be, and you will be, <laughs> it's your fault. Right. No construction project goes down to the last screw of exactly what you think you need. No. It doesn't matter who you are. You're gonna make some extra trips. So, like, that's Pete. That's Guys who run construction crews have themselves or an employee that's strictly just a runner. Yeah. To run and grab material that you shorted or you needed or you exactly. cut something wrong or whatever that just does the gopher runs. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't, the stuff just doesn't show up in a box and it's like all the parts you need and they threw in an extra uh, right. lock washer. Like exactly. that's not, <laughs> exactly. it's not Ikea. We're not giving you extras. Yeah. Number 11, wrong tools for the job. Ooh. So professionals are going to have all the tools they need to build the deck properly and efficiently and safely. And they're going to have the cool ones too. They're going to have the cool ones. They're going to be red. Homeowners, good chance they may not have, they, they're not going to have the efficient ones, the cool ones, excuse me, that you just mentioned, like a track saw. Track saws. They're not going to have that. That's fine. It's a, it's a finishing tool. You don't need that. But they may not have the other things either. Maybe they don't, I don't know what we're talking about here. They might not have... Uh, 
they might not even have a skill slot. They might be cutting every joist that a miter saw or something. And there's nothing wrong. There's this no, one's not going to, like, as long as you. This one's not a big who deal. Who cares if you hand saw your joist? It, it's fine. Yeah. It's just that you may not have the tools to make a, a good go of this to mm-hmm. build an efficient deck or potentially an accurate deck if you're cutting things with a handsaw. Yep. And you don't have much experience. You may not be cutting things very cleanly. Um, you may not have a nail, a framing nailer. So then you decide to screw everything. And it's like, well, some areas really don't want you to screw things. You're not supposed to use deck screws for framing. And so, but you don't have right. a spiker and you're not going to bang nails all day because, you know, nobody's done that since 1945, you think. And you got the wrong fasteners. And and you, you tried, you tried <laughs> hammering in these screws and they just keep <laughs> snapping off and they won't go in properly. So... Uh, there's a comment right there. Maybe they're used to Ikea. That's exactly what they're used yeah. to. That's what we're saying. The problem is, is that people expect a deck to show up in a box like a dresser does from Ikea. This episode instruction should be booklets. called, this episode should be called screw you Ikea. Right. <laughs> right. And nobody even, here's the thing. Nobody even likes Ikea for that reason. I can't Everybody get anything. Everybody curses Ikea. Yeah. Because their instructions are so god awful and they miss parts and everything all the time. But then they're like, well, why isn't the deck like Ikea? You don't even like Ikea. Nobody likes Ikea. <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like that experience either. Uh, anyway, so wrong tools to the job or just like they're not like it's going to take you longer and it's going to be less accurate and so on and so forth because you mm-hmm. don't have all the tools you might need. I mean, and you don't need a whole lot. What tools do you need? No, basics. You just, like, you don't, like the, obviously the basics, a pencil, a, a level, a tape measure, a skill saw, a speed square is going to be helpful. Uh, I'm miter saw is a nice to have don't necessarily need it. a table saw you may need but you don't necessarily need it either um some drills obviously a drill drill like we're probably almost there for the very 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 basics right but i can tell you for certain that you can you could uh, this might not be fair i was gonna say you could tell the difference between a guy who built a deck with a drill and a hammer and a tape measure and a speed square and a pencil versus the guy with the track saw and the oh, okay and the you know, whatever the water level, the zip level, like yeah. If you got these extra tools, it's because you care about giving a finer finish, right? Yeah. And I don't care. I don't care. I don't care who you are. Oh no, you will cut a straighter line with a track saw than you will without one. Hmm. Yes, it is what it is. So, um, now that said, a master carpenter with those basic amount of tools versus a DIY with a track saw and all the sweet stuff. They couldn't, yeah. You will still know the master carpenter's in a much cleaner job. Right, because he's going to dovetail his entire all. deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys do for your miters in the corner? I uh, dovetail jointly? Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, yeah, that's why I like to use the scallop boards, because it's already <laughs> dovetailed on one side. I just, I just put it together. Yeah. Uh, number 12. We referenced this before. We said wait for number 12, Bryce. Oh, here it is. Uh, on free-floating decks, this is especially important. No bracing. No bracing. Didn't go to the orthodontist. So I had a customer um, recently that he was he was one of the ones we're talking about where it's like right. you just can't do enough for the guy. Like oh, he wants everything. He doesn't know enough about what he's doing, so he expects it's everything's your fault that he doesn't mm-hmm. know what he's doing, or you didn't do enough for him, or you didn't get him this, or you didn't tell him that, or you whatever. It's all your fault because he doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. Which makes sense. I mean, right? that's how it goes. So anyways, I had actually gone to his house to deliver some stuff and to walk him through some stuff. And like out of the goodness of my heart, I thought, <laughs> let's give this guy. guy some attention because he's, he's grumpy about things, whatever. I'll go make it better. So I go there and, and he was, one of his major issues that was our fault was like, well, the way you design this is this deck is really uh, like it, it racks a lot. He didn't use that word. I can't remember what word he used, but he doesn't. He's not in the business, so he doesn't know the proper word. It shakes. It shakes. 
This one over here is wiggly when I push on it. Not solid. And it's like, well, yeah, of course it is. It's, and it's why free was that floating chain? this part. It's attached to it a little bit in the corner, but other than that, it's free floating. For one, you're at framing stage. You have no blocking in. You've got joist laid and, Zero. You, have, and you have beams and you're sitting on top of um, grade blocks. Which, like, why, do you, why are you expecting this thing to feel like a rock solid right now? It's because you're it's not, wood. for one, you're not done and you don't understand oh. what portions are going to stiffen this deck up. Two, you've done no bracing. So he thought this was a major mm. issue and a design flaw. Like it was, it was our fault. Right. That this deck was shaky. But he didn't know how to build it. He didn't know how to build it and he wasn't done building it. It wasn't even close. <laughs> so I told him, I was like, well, like, first of all, once you get your decking laid on here for one, it's going to stiffen it up a bit. Once you get some blocking put in, it's going to stiffen up a little bit. But more than anything, you need to do some knee bracing down at the bottom. Mm. And that's going to stiffen it up. It's going to take any remaining shake out of it. But like, like get past this point. You've hardly got anything here yet. Of course, right. it's not sturdy. So it's just that kind of stuff. Like you like know when to brace stuff. Because if you don't and that thing does continue to shake, well, at some point, things are going to wiggle loose. Right. Or break a fastener or something. I mean, you don't have the ledger connected properly and <laughs> using all the wrong fasteners. So... Yeah. Exactly. And so, and also on a, on a higher, so this deck wasn't very tall. It's just that it was mostly free floating. That's why it adds a shake to it and it wasn't done. On a tall deck, like a walkout deck that's 12 feet in the air or something like that, you might have to pay a bit more attention to the bracing because even if you do have everything connected and sitting on its posts and connectors and stuff, because of how long those stilts are, there's mm. just more of a pivot point up there. Right. It can move. It can move. And so you might have to do some extra bracing there. And for a carpenter, no problem. They know two or three styles of bracing that are going to deal with that. For right. homeowners, they don't even know what you mean when you say bracing. I, I mean, you're saying it, and I, I don't know what you mean. Exactly. See? What do you mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't have to get into the bracing talk right now. That's fine. I'm trying to think. Unless like, you want to, like, simplify it. Do you know a gate? You know a gate? How I, gates generally are framed? Yeah. You know there's always that diagonal... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of a gate yeah. that goes from the top corner down to the bottom corner where the hinges. Mm -hmm. Like that's a brace. That's a brace. That's a okay. brace that's like keeping that gate square. That's gate screwing for. Oh, okay. I gotcha. And so braces are usually diagonally mounted pieces of lumber from a post up underneath a beam or sometimes underneath a joist in a diagonal fashion. Okay. To stop things from being able to like move out a square. Okay. So a square in itself is not a very strong shape. A square no. can be like pushed over. It can rack and like lose its shape. But the second you put a diagonal brace into a square, it can't Solid. move anymore. So you can do your knee bracing, which would be like post to beam or even post to joist or even beam to joist. Or you could do your, your W, like your V lateral bracing underneath the joist, which will also help. But also screwing the decking down helps too. Okay. Or diagonally, diagonally laid decking screwed down would also act as a, as a as brace. A brace. Okay. So, um, yeah, brace is just anything that you would put on that would get something to hold its shape. Right. Number 13, blocking for railing. Yep, I would have missed that. So there's a couple, like there's a lot of railing systems nowadays are surface mounted uh, versus being like a wood post that used to block into the framing. But the, the issue is with both. A lot of people will with wood posts will will just kind of nail it on or screw it on to the inside or the outside of the framing and then call it a day because the post is there, it's holding, so they think oh, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. But what you actually need to do is block the living crap out of it on the inside. Like the, the post itself should be blocked on all four sides and bolted in. 
Okay. With through bolts, some sort of structural connector, etc. With a surface mounted post, because they're just bolting down through the top of the decking, you need to have something structural underneath that decking that it's actually bolting to. It's not bolting to the decking, it's bolting through the decking. So it's got to get all the way through. Correct. It's got to have something to bite into. Right. It can't just grab the decking. Because then, like if you think about it, it makes sense. Your decking is being held down in a lot of cases but by plastic clips, for one. Whoa. But even on your perimeter board that you've probably screwed down, you screwed it down with little number eight or number 10 composite deck screws. Tiny. And they're just like, they're not meant to be super structural. They're meant to hold the deck board in place. Then you'd go and take this railing post and you use a big structural leg bolt to bolt the railing post down. Yep. Because you're like, oh, uh, more lateral load on that. So I need a bigger, stronger fastener. Yeah. Okay. But if you, all you do is bolt it to the decking, what are you actually relying on? The, the, the deck decking. screw. The, yeah. You've bolted to the decking, but then if the railing gets pushed, the decking tries to pull up and it's just the composite deck screw that's actually holding everything down. Mm. So we saw this in Regina this past January. Was it January that we had the like a vicious windstorm? Yeah. Yeah. Like 100 and I can't remember what we hit. 140K winds. Yeah. In the middle like of 70, 80 mile an hour winter. Winds. In winter. Like it was like scary. Yeah. And we had a lot of railing replacements to do because a lot of people oh, go out there with yeah. this aluminum railing and they bolt it down into their decking and like the decking lifts up. Right. And so they lose their railing. And it's like, well, what happened? It's like, well, I can tell you, I don't even need to see. Right. If after that windstorm, your railing is on the ground, it's because you didn't have it blocked properly. Not enough blocking. So make sure you put appropriate structural blocking in underneath your railing where it's going to block in or else it's going to, it's only a matter of time before that ends up on the ground. On the ground. And you're lucky if it's be, if it's because of the wind. Right. Because like, the other alternative is you went through it. Right. Like how many people lean on their railing? Exactly. All of them. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And you trust that it's like that it's good, but in a lot of cases it's not. Number 14 is planning board layout. Ooh. Now I mean this in two different ways. This goes back to planning a little bit, I guess, but planning the board layout is important for two reasons or in two ways. One is the width of the material. So if you're doing a composite deck, for example, your boards are available in 12, 16 and 20 foot lengths. Okay. All the, all the good brands of decking are available on those lengths. Um, if you're using wood decking, then you've got more options. Typically you can usually get those in sometimes like even six, eight, 10, 12, like every two feet, basically. Okay. All the way up to 20 feet, sometimes longer. So you've got some more, um, flexibility there, but if you're doing a composite deck and you know, the price of it's, it's obviously more of a premium material. You don't want to be wasting a whole bunch. Mm. So framing a deck out at 14 and a half feet wide is doing nobody any favors because the material comes 12 feet or 16 feet. Oh, so then you'd have all those tiny little pieces. You would, yeah. I mean, you either got to use or, 16 footers 16 and cut a foot, foot and a half, or if you're doing a pitch frame, two feet or two and a half feet right. off of this 16 footer and do what with it exactly? You can find ways to burn it up, use it as fascia, build planter boxes, so on and so forth. But if mm-hmm. you just planned your deck a little better... You and realize if you had the room, it's like, well, no, just make that 14 foot deck a 16 foot deck. Or it's just literally going to cost you nothing but a couple of joys. Right. You've already got the material. And if it's cost, make that 14 foot deck a 12 foot deck. Right. Seems pretty and simple even, to me. You can even squeeze out a little bit more go 12 and a half feet or 12 foot eight, because by the time you put your picture frame on, you can get a few more inches out of that 12 foot board. Right. So plan your board layouts a little bit better. Plan your deck to use the materials efficiently. And then the other one is the depth of the deck. So you don't want to have an ugly rip in the middle of your deck, not in the middle, but like anywhere in your deck, ideally. Mm. So you can try to plan out how 
what the depth of your deck framing should be to finish with full boards only. Now, it's damn near impossible to actually plan that out. But there's some tips and tricks on the install world that contractors would know with leaving your joists wild and running out from the house out and then trimming your joists off and so on and so forth to yeah. make sure you are left with the full board all the time. But what many homeowners do is they start the house, work the way out, and then they've got a ripped board at the end or the second last board before the picture. Right. Break. They rip a board there and it's like, well, that's pretty unsightly. Mm-hmm. That's not the place I would have done that. Nope. So there's just little things like that you can kind of plan or just have the knowledge that that's even something that you should think about before you start doing it. Yeah. So. I wouldn't have done that. Western Lumber, wisdom, each time he joins. He uh, uh, he missed the, the real wisdom. He did miss the real wisdom. He taught everybody some wisdom the other day, though, when he put G-tape down on his cedar deck and then pulled the G-tape up and it ripped chunks of the cedar out of his stuff. And it wasn't even the sticky stuff. It was like the no residue stuff. What? <laughs> Ripped out like a chunk of cedar out of it, like a long strip. Holy like smokes. Peeled his decking right off. So that was cool. That is pretty cool. Number uh, 15. They don't uh, protect the cuts. Protect oh. the cuts with protect the cut. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't people do that? Because they just don't know. They buy tree lumber, they cut it up, and then they install it. Uh you know, but your lumberyard should, I mean, you know what? The lumberyard I used to shop at before we opened, never used to carry this stuff. They'd sell you the deck, they'd sell you the treks, they'd sell you the railing. They wouldn't even have the protective cut but you need to give it. you. Yeah. So you have to buy that from somewhere else. Goofy, I know, but but they don't protect the cuts because just, they, they know they're supposed to buy tree lumber. Sometimes they know that. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. They buy tree lumber, they think that's all they have to do. But tree lumber is meant to be sealed wherever you've made cuts in it because the treatment's skin deep and anytime you cut it you're right. exposing the untreated core you've got to you've got to treat your cuts with it so do that uh number 16 stringer spacing this Ooh. is a big one stairs it's a big one same guy that i went Love those had stairs. the issue with the shaky deck yep. had his stringers all way far apart yep and i was like you're gonna put more of those in there and he didn't have his screw holes all filled in his hangers like this was oh like, wow there was a lot i wish we had a camera on that guy yeah and so I, like, I was there and I, I in, did the inspection for him voluntarily and told him, uh, like, how to this fix is what up you his need. deck, whatever, but he still had an issue with us for whatever, <laughs> for whatever Whoa. reason. So, uh, so much for trying to help. But anyways, your stair stringers are often way too far apart because people, they might know that they're supposed to install their, their joists at 16 inches on center. Pretty common. Yep. Uh, a lot of guys in the contractor world will do 12 inches on center because it's stronger and just a better finish, better feel to the final product. Mm-hmm. But they know that they're supposed to do 16s, and so on their stairs, they do 16s because that's what the that's what you're supposed, what you're to, supposed do. to do. They get to their stair stringers, which maybe they cut themselves, highly unlikely, probably bought pre-cut ones, doesn't matter. But they install them at 16 inches on center. Well, if you read the instruction booklet for all these composite deck manufacturers, nobody's doing this at 16s, very few, if any. The odd one will allow you to 12 inches on center, but mm-hmm. most of them are less than that. We're talking like as low as eight inches on center. Whoa. Is a requirement for your deck for your composite decking on your stairs. And so nobody's paying attention to that. Is that because like there's not nobody. It's just DIY is not paying it's attention. It's just bouncy. To Gets it's the bounce. Correct. Because your weight is magnified when you're plopping on something, right? Yeah. Like if I'm laying on the Drop floor and you it. step on me slowly on my back. Okay. You could take it. But if you'd like two foot hop onto my back. Oh, yeah. I'm think about how much heavier you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking you, boy. <laughs> I'm coming down. That's how they get you. But think about how much your weight is multiplied on that. Right. And so when you're going down a stair like that, you are your weight is significantly heavier 
flopping down the stair like that. So yeah, they'll be yeah. bouncy. Yeah, you're putting it all on that stair now. Yeah. Now that's going to stress those stairs out. I have not heard of one snapping, um, but certainly if you went wider than 16 inches, I could see that happening. Right. But certainly over time, it could eventually kind of wear that out, sag it, or potentially break it at some point. So you got to tighten your joists up there, and it's just something the average DIY is not going to know. Well, and like you said before with the fasteners, right, on your stairs, if you're using those tiny little fasteners, and every time you step in the middle, you're you're putting so much pressure on it, right? It lift the sides of the boards. Yeah, it's just it's just overstressing everything when you're yeah. too span and you're just like pounding weight on it all the time. <laughs> Yeah. I said that. <laughs> I did say Bounding that. away at it. Uh, number 17. <laughs> the guys in the chat will get a kick out of this. I'm surprised eight people stuck around. This is an hour and 12 minutes in. Mm-mm-mm. Number 17. Offering to help the contractor. What's up? So this is a level of DIY. <laughs> this happens. I'm sure almost every contractor has at least experienced this once or twice. Yeah. And that is... Homeowner would really love to do it themselves because they want to save money, yeah. but they don't really know what they're doing. So they know they need to hire a contractor, but I can save money if I just offer to help him. I can work for free. I can like, I can help him build this deck and then I'll save myself some money. I'll help him save me money. The contractor will love it. I, He'll I be live super here. happy to have the extra set of hands. Exactly. Why wouldn't he take my help? Then he could give me a deal and we all win. Knock off all a few happy. hours? No problem. Right? He'll be so happy. Plus, I'll be there to like chat with him and keep him in And I'm a nice guy. I'm really, I got some good stories. I'll bring the beer. Right? Anyways. Don't do Don't it. Don't ever do this. Ever. Don't ever. <laughs> if you're a homeowner listening to this right now, do not ever ever ask your contractor unless you know them personally right and it's like a buddy who's helped but then he's not really a contractor then he's just a buddy he's just a buddy you are not doing anybody any 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 favors by offering to help a contractor this isn't a master class this is their business (laughs) this is their business after your deck they have another one to go to right if they need help they've hired it yeah they have a system in place. They know each other. You want to go help a contractor? Get hired. <laughs> yeah. They like <laughs> they do not need your help. And in fact, they will want to run away from you as fast as possible if you're trying to offer to help. That is a red flag yeah. that you need to get out of there. Because for one, it's two things. They don't need that crap for, for one. No. They're they're professionals. They need to get in, do the work, and be done and, and be gone. Do a good job and not yep. be distracted and be gone. And number two, it shows that you might be the type of customer that's hard to collect on at the end because you're you're being very cheap in the wrong ways right and so this is a giant a giant red flag for contractors and I, there's t-shirts out there that say how much i charge to do this this much how much i charge to do if it's this this much how much to charge if the if you offer to help me uh five times as much right exactly you are not saving any money no. in fact you're going to pay me to teach you how, how to, to build, build this deck. deck yeah that's what this is so you're not you're not you're not helping you're not increasing the efficiency. You're not shortening the install time. You're doing nothing positive by offering to help the contractor build the deck. Do you think some homeowners homeowners do it because they don't trust that the contractor knows what they're yeah, doing? Yeah, so how fun does that sound to you <laughs> as a contractor? That sounds great. Can you imagine? 
Just have like being micromanaged by the person who doesn't know anything. Uh, I think you used too many screws in that um, that that hanger over there. Like it's I like I used to hate it even when when the homeowners would sit there and watch because like like you, you just constantly feel like they're waiting to say something to you. It's just distracting. Like let me get in my zone. Let me do my right. thing. Like I don't I don't want somebody just hovering over me watching my every step and like. Yeah. I know you're just trying to be out here meet friendly, but if you're talking to me and we're having conversation all the time, my mind's not completely focused on what I'm doing at, at the time. That's going to yep. potentially increase mistakes. It's going to slow me down. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not here to have a conversation. I'm here to build your deck in a quick and efficient manner. Yep. And properly too. <laughs> There's right. That. And I don't need your help. And I don't need your help. <laughs> I, I do even, not offer I, help. I don't even want it. Do not <laughs> offer the help. That one's, that one's gross. I'll take your drinks. That's it. Number 18, not trusting the experts. This was yours, Brace. Do you want to explain this one a little bit? Oh. Oh, you put me on the spot. (laughs) You can Uh, think about it for a bit. USMC says, I had a homeowner watch an entire build with a drone. Whoa. That's pretty (laughs) cool, though. Oh, boy. Um, Yeah. That's when you pull your pants down just a bit and leave your butt crack out a lot. You're like, soak it up. (laughs) Look at this. I'm going to give you the plumber angle. Look at this. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, like, with uh, not trusting experts i feel that a lot of diy people come in i mean it's no different than uh offering to help the contractor because you don't trust that they know what they're doing it's no different than walking in here and and being like yeah i know you gave me all these structural screws but i didn't need them yeah right you don't trust the advice that you've actually been given yeah well i know it says this but do you think i really need to right i know the permit says i can't go more than 14 feet but i like it'll be fine at 16. back to the who are you to make that decision yeah back to the ikea example it's no different than not using the instructions yeah and thinking that you can just figure it out yeah right it'll go together thinking you can do it better right and then you're missing that one screw and you're like "Uh uh-oh yeah right yep yeah so like Trust the people that you ask I, for help. I am not a car guy. I'm not about to go into a mechanic and then start questioning him on everything he's saying and doing because I've got no basis of expertise to even have the conversation. Right. I just need to make sure I'm choosing a mechanic that I can trust. Yes. And then trust them. But people do that all the time with, yeah. with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Construction. Yes, sir. Okay, so oh, we've got some comments. Are they relevant comments to talk about here? Uh, TC Deck says, I tell them my insurance company won't allow it because it's a liability issue. That's a good which one. is also, yeah. Which is true. Um, and that's... <laughs> and Haney Construction says, that's a great way to word it versus back the F off. That's right. They might both be effective, but just a different tact. Number 19. Thinking contractors charge too much. I feel like a lot of times... These are all the same. They're, they're all... These last few are kind of... Yeah, they're around the same principle. A lot of people end up building their own deck because they're... The number one reason is they're trying to save money. They're cheap. If they had all sorts of extra money, they would just hire somebody to do it. Very few people are doing it because they're, they enjoy the process. Right. Um, so sometimes they'll get quotes and then be like, you know, they got a budget of five grand for a deck. They get a quote from Buddy, it's $12,000. Whoa. And they're like, that's insane. The materials are only like, the materials are only going to be like five grand. And so then, then they You're go supposed their, to do it for free. Yeah. Then they go get their quote and the materials are actually seven because they didn't have enough stuff. Cause they didn't know how to do takeoff. We talked mm, about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, then they think like, well, I'm not spending 12 grand. That's ridiculous. The guy's going to be there for what, a couple of days and you make five grand. Like this attitude where that there, somebody's trying to screw you all the time. Right. Um, 
It's a bad attitude. <laughs> it's, it's a bad you attitude. Get rid of it. You don't know what goes into it, for one. Right. I like the saying, because you see this a lot with, like, um, like call-out jobs. Like, an electrician comes out to fix whatever, a light switch, let's say. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he, he charges them 100 bucks. And he was there for 20 minutes to fix his light switch. But he's got a minimum charging charge. And they're like, that's ridiculous. I'm not paying you $100 an hour or $300 an hour or whatever it takes. Right. And I like the phrase that says, you're not paying me for my time, the time it took me to do that. You're paying me for the, the 20 years it took to do it as fast as I did it. Right. Because the, it doesn't matter how long it took me to do it. Mm-hmm. Building a deck like this may have taken me five days right. when I first started out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take you 12 days. The fact that I did it today in three days doesn't mean you get the deal. Right. This is a result of my time, my life being invested into this, my investment into $20,000 with the tools that allow me to be more efficient, mm-hmm. my people that I've hired that I pay more than the next guy so that we can do things faster. Yep. But I pay them $30 an hour instead of the guy who pays somebody $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. All of this is a result. Yes, I built it faster than you maybe thought it would take. Right. That doesn't mean you get the savings. You're going to... I I get the efficiency out of that. Well, and you're going to penalize... You're going to penalize me for being efficient. Right. So you'd rather me slow down and take five days then. Right. Because you seem to not care that it's going to take me five days. Yeah. You'd be happier if it took five days over three for exactly. some reason. And not only to mention that, but okay, so you charge much. Okay. But what is the finished product going to look like versus the guy who does it himself? Mm-hmm. So Buddy here, he's going to whip out the zip level and make sure that his deck is perfectly flat. Right. Everywhere. He's going to whip out the planer and plane down his joists to make sure they're perfectly flat. Right. He's going to treat everything. He's going to G-tape the whole top, make sure it's not going to rot out in mm-hmm. 10 years. He's going to pull out the track saw, zip off his end so it's perfectly cut. He's going to measure out and trim off his joists to make sure he finishes the full board. Yep. He's going to properly block every railing post. Mm-hmm. He's going to do the things you don't see. He's going to go inside your house and put blocking where he needs to put blocking in. Yep. He's going to make sure the ledger board is attached properly. He's going to make sure you have a standoff on your concrete pile. He's going to get rid of the dirty pulled out for the concrete pile. Right. He's going to put the appropriate hangers on with the appropriate, and he's going to frame your deck at 12 inches on center because he knows it's better than 16. Yeah. 16 is the minimum. He's going to use two by 10 instead of two by eights because he knows in the field and the actual practice that you can still feel a bit of bounce on a two by eight at 12 feet. And with two by 10, it'll feel better at 12 inches on center. Mm -hmm. He knows all these things because he has experience doing it. And if something does go wrong, He'll come back and fix it. Right. He's going to warranty his work. Exactly. And it's going to be done in a few days. It's not a project that's going to drag on all But summer. I want it to take three months. And if he's short a board, he's going to go grab it. If he cuts a board and messes it up, he's going to pay for that board. Mm-hmm. If his crew cuts up a few boards up wrong, he's got to cover that. Right. If his crew cuts their finger off, he's got to pay the, the compensation board yep. to cover that. Like, there's a lot more that goes into this than just grabbing a case of beer and building a deck one weekend. It yeah. ain't the same. So don't question. Yeah. If you if you question whether the contractor's price is legitimate, then just get a second quote. That's all you have to do. Get a second But quote. you have no basis in reality to question why they charge what they do for the amount of time it takes. Mm-hmm. Don't use them then. I don't, I have not run into, like, 100% there's some scammers out there. Avoid those guys, obviously. Yeah. But if you're hiring a legitimate operation that you've heard good things about there's good reviews they're around town they got a website they're blah, blah, blah. they've been around for a long time and they come quote your deck and they're more expensive than you thought it was going to be you it's because you don't understand what all goes into it right it's not because they're too expensive no exactly so get your second quote if you really need that reassurance that this get, is actually yeah. what your deck goes for 
Do it. Yeah. Get two or three. And then go ahead and choose the cheapest guy and then see what happens nine times out of 10 is you end up with an inferior product and issues with this, whatever, because it was half the price of the other guy and you want, nobody ever questions the low guy. No, never. You know what I mean? They're like, well, well. you get three quotes, 25,000, 23, five and 14. And you're like, well, I'm going to like, this is ridiculous. It shouldn't cost any more than 14 to build a deck. Hire that guy. Goes terribly. Right. Why didn't you question the low guy? Cause he was the odd one out. Why don't you say like, what are you not including that the other guys are? Because the other two are at 23 and 25. How are you at 14? What's not, what am I not getting here? What are you not getting? But they always question the high guys instead. Because they feel like they're getting screwed. Okay. So what do we got? You're just <laughs> on, you, you were just on for? a roll for there. Um, Western Lumber says, what contractor gets done early? Is this a thing? Yes. <laughs> Uh, USMC, I've seen quotes for five days with a three-man crew or three days with a five-man crew for the same price on the same job and the home and let the homeowner choose. Ooh. Uh, fairly good, good construction says I was on a roll. I was on a bit of a you roll. You were on there. a roll. You I went, was on a contractor's supportive rah-rah You also roll away. managed to do a full recap of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All in one. I did. You're right. That's funny. Uh, Haney Construction, I feel like every prospect needs to listen to this podcast, including yep. my previous comment. Um, Haney Construction, question the high guy. Today, that is Shane We Embrace. are not. <laughs> what is everything I don't know. It's all the green behind us, maybe. All that happened today, so before this podcast, uh, we we sat down and came up with the podcast notes. Um, we burned then, some stuff. <laughs> then some, we burned some things. Then we, my... Uh, store manager came up and said we were going to run another transfer truck tra- transfer truck tomorrow. We're running one today. We ran one on Saturday between those two stores. That pissed me off because. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't need to go down to this. We shouldn't be running transfer trucks three, four times a week. It's once a week at most between our two stores. This is, it's absurd. So I got into a bad mood and then I was like, wait, we're doing the podcast. We got to pop ourselves back up. Good mood. And I got a little hairy and I was like, let's go. Let's get all pumped mood. up. And now that's. Now you're getting that. Now we're getting it. Number 20. The last one. Last one. Blah, blah, blah. Top DIY mistakes. Number 20. Thinking it's simple. Okay. You're going to get some quotes. Nobody's going to touch my price. <laughs> That's right. One of the biggest fallacies is people thinking it's just a deck. It's just a deck. It's just a deck. It's just some wood. Are you going to hire a Screw contract together? Build? No, it's just a deck. Right. I'll just... I'll just put it together. I've I've used Lego before. People lump decks and fences into the same pile, and they're really not. Like I also wouldn't say it's just a fence. If you want a straight, good-looking fence, you should also hire somebody who knows what they're doing. You can bugger up a fence too. The difference is when you bugger up a fence, nobody dies. Oh yeah, right. That's right. Unless gonna, it's a fence that's meant to keep tigers and keep right. tigers. I was going to say, what about people can die? What about, yeah, what about the wild animals? But nobody like your fence blows over in the wind. Like unlikely anybody's getting hurt in that. Right, exactly. But people actually do fall off decks, and there are injuries, and there are yeah, the odd time, unfortunately, deaths. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not the same as a fence or even a garden shed or these other little backyard projects that people think they can kind of just do in the in their spare time. This is a, a structural component of your home, and right, if it fails, it is quite often catastrophic. Yeah. So you can't just willy-nilly it and think that it's okay because it's just a deck. I'm just going to go whip this up this weekend with a buddy in a case of beer because it's just a deck. It's not simple. He has a drill and I have a skill saw. And so therefore that's what's required. Maybe you can, 
Like maybe you do have the, and, and if you do, then you don't have to listen to me tell you you don't. But if you're questioning at all, whether you know how to build a deck, then you don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't, you like don't if, know how. If this podcast didn't make any sense to you, you don't know. If you're learning a whole bunch by listening to this, you didn't know enough to build a deck. Before. Right. Rewind it. Skip all the pop stuff. That's right. And start again. And so don't tackle this if you don't know what you're doing. Hire somebody. Yeah. It's worth it. Yes, you might have to spend a bit more money, but like it's cheaper than having it fail. It's a big piece. It's a big structural component of your house that you're going to use for a long time. Yes. Amortize that crap out. Yes, yeah. it's a $20,000 deck, but you're also going to use it for the next 20 years. Yeah. So it's it's whatever. You're spending 100 bucks a month to use your deck. Like that's less than your freaking water bill. Exactly. Or like I would rather go without water than a deck. Whoa. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, when you when you amortize it out, it's not it's not that much money. Like per square foot, if you want to talk about what your house costs per square foot. Mm-hmm. Amortize though. Three hundred bucks a square foot. Your deck's gonna cost you a tenth of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a fifth of that. Like decks are good bangs for your buck as far as square footage space goes. Right. So. Don't think that it's just like, it's just, it's just this fun little project that you can do. There's a serious consequences to not doing it correctly, mm-hmm. both financial and liability and like the safety of your family and, and so on and so forth. So yep. if you don't know what you're doing, hire somebody who does. And yeah. if you think you know what you're doing and you have most of it figured out, make sure you do the extra research to figure out the parts you don't, because yeah, the parts talk. you don't are probably some of the most important parts. Talk to people. Nobody cares if you cut your boards perfectly straight down the line. Nope. That doesn't affect much other than it looks kind of crappy. But if you don't properly connect your ledger board to your house, that's not good. Right. So it's not as simple as it seems. And sometimes, like a deck can be simple. If it's a little four by four landing, well, that's fairly simple. Like make sure you do some key things properly. But if you start changing levels or putting roof structures on or doing different railing styles or adding some fancy stairs or mm-hmm. some sort of layout, uh, board layout or inlays or all sorts of stuff. There can, it can get complicated in a hurry. Very fast. So, you know, a deck's, a deck's not a deck. It, just like a car is not a car. There's different, right. <laughs> different types. And, and the simplest deck is not uh, DIY friendly all the time. No, it's not always a DIY friendly. Right. Correct. Yeah. Especially when you're making all these mistakes. Okay, we got some comments to Whoa. go through again before we wrap this up here, but uh, what do we got here? Here you go. Hiring the cheapest. Vandenberg. Holy, that's a name, hey? Vandenberg Saskia. Hiring the cheapest contractor is the same as hiring the contractor who can come tomorrow. Then you can hope it will be done because that's not right. Yep. Uh, yeah, you always got a question if a guy's super available. Especially, yeah, I can do it tomorrow. Especially in today's market where guys are not super available. Like the good ones are booked up for a long time. It's a yep. busy market. You call a guy and he's like, you call three guys, really good ones. And they're like, oh yeah, sorry. We're booking out into September. We're booking August. We're booking September. Mm-hmm. Call the next guy. He's like, I could be there this weekend. <laughs> Why? Why? Why could you be here this weekend when the market is right, so busy? Exactly. Shouldn't you be slammed? Uh, it's either because he can't get work because he's awful or, or cancellation, he's, or he's doing it on the side, or, or like, there's that, too. or whatever. Like, yeah, who knows? Does, yeah, there's lots of reasons. But passionate. I would. It may not be a bad thing, but it's certainly something to look into. Yeah. Haney Construction, you guys are laughing and coughing out more smoke than Cheech and Chong opening their van doors. <laughs> okay. USMC twenty five thirteen. He works for Fortress, by the way. Uh, Jay Meyer, Fortress rep, was giving you guys props on our conference call yesterday. By the way. What kind of props? What were we getting props for? What was the conversation about? I hope it was great. 
Yeah. Me too. I don't know. What does that mean? Leaves so many questions in my right. mind. Exactly. Just stringing us along. Haney Constructions, I would hire TC Dex and his armor, uh, army, army of warrior ladies to build the deck before I'd hire any homeowner. Yeah. I feel like I don't understand the context of that. I feel like sometimes I should proofread these comments before I read them out loud. Uh, yeah. yeah, you do just say them. I do, yeah. I don't I don't like dead air. Haney Construction, again, if y'all missed TS's Weekend Warrior Ladies build, check it out. They're awesome and now well-trained. Oh, well, oh okay, some, there you I go. I guess maybe there's a post we got to look up on TC Dex's What's account. What's up, TC? Weekend Warriors Lady build. Okay. Sounds intriguing. That's it. That's it, you guys. Hour and 30 minutes. That's the longest one we've done in a while. Yeah, that's right. It's because we had to come back. Yeah. So 20 DIY mistakes that are pretty common. Um, so if you're a DIY listening to this, listen to it again and understand that these issues are things we see common. So pay extra attention to them. Make mm-hmm. sure you understand it. If you're not comfortable doing it, don't do it. Don't hire do somebody. It. Don't be ashamed of not being able to do it. Right. There's no shame in it. I know you want to save some money, but maybe this isn't the place. Not the place. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take it easy. We'll see you again next week. for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.